welcome to Mystery Beers episode number 241 of... Brutal Battle. So it has been a while since we've done a Mystery Beers episode. Yeah, a long time. Mainly because we've been, as you guys know, we've been pulling a lot from our cellar or beers that we're picking up, random places we're going, not so much going to the liquor store, um, beer store, some people may know it as, but... Uh, we, yeah, finally have gotten to a point where we got some beers. Actually, I purchased some beers online from Craft Beer Temple in, or The Beer Temple. Yeah, I think it used to be called Craft Beer Temple. I might be wrong, though. From The Beer Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Now, this is Mystery Beers. I know the beers, but Rebecca does not know the beers at all. So, I did all the ordering. I unpackaged them when we got them and put them in the beer fridge in the basement. So, Rebecca has no clue. So, yeah. Um, So, we're doing it mystery beer style. So, because this is another one of these mystery beer episodes, we are doing a beer news topic. We're going back to beer news topics. It's been a while, so hopefully we're not too rusty on this. Uh, We both read some articles through Good Beer Hunting, which does really good writing as far as beer stories go. So, yeah. So, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get into it immediately. So what's our topic today, Rebecca? Exploding cans. Yeah, so this has been something, in my opinion, that's been on the rise, that's being talked about within groups online, and that this is mainly having to do with those highly fruited sour beers in particular, although it's not limited to that. It's basically any beer that's being put out that doesn't have all the yeast filtered out, that has Ref, uh, that has refermentation possibilities because there's still yeast in there and there's plenty of sugar for that yeast to feed on. So the article is kind of just breaking down, you know, what is the problem? These exploding cans. Now, they looked at it from a few different angles and mm-hmm. we'll just kind of talk about the different angles they looked at it from. And then we can give our own opinions. Um, although me personally, I kind of like to look at it from both sides, from like it's it's the brewer's fault. No, it's not the brewer's fault. You know, do both of those. So, okay. So first of all, um, was there anything you wanted to say about it first? No, not, not off the bat. Okay. So I'll just do your spiel. Yeah. I just put down some notes. I'll just go over the bullet points that I put down. So one of the first things raised with it was that there's basically not much deterring breweries from sending these beers out right now. And that's kind of going to the fact that they're very popular they're selling out typically when these types of beers are available. So obviously there's a market for them. People clamor for these beers. A lot of them are being done in these kind of can releases where you have to go to the brewery to get the beers. So they're basically saying these exploding cans because of the refermentation is it's a risk reward thing that's going on. And there isn't so much risk for the breweries at the moment, because there are no repercussions. Right. You know, not being sued by anyone. There's no uh, organization that's There's penalizing. never been an episode of someone suing? Not that I know of. That's kind of interesting. Now, maybe that has something to do with the fact that, you know, the beer community is usually pretty chill about things. And any time that I've seen someone who's like, I had an exploding can, yeah, they'll post about it online. And sometimes they'll get mad and post about it online. But usually they just throw the beer away and then continue on. Yeah. So I think that's... Well, I think the article also said, like, they'll give refunds sometimes, too. Yes. Some breweries will. Um, not all, but, yeah, some will. Um, and some have, yeah, issued proactively recalls mm-hmm. saying, hey, this particular batch has the possibility for refermentation. We know it has been refermenting. 
So bring it back. We'll give you your money back. Is there a certain fruit that would make it re-ferment faster? It really just has to do with levels of sugar. Okay. And how much yeast is there. So that's one of the big things. So in my opinion, one of the biggest issues is the fact that filtering is not a thing anymore. Right. For beer mainly because people are fine with murky, hazy beers. And right. some people want that's, that. I mean, that's the trendy thing right now. Yeah. I mean, look at how we had recently that Veil Brewery Showcase episode, and we had that one sour, I think it was called The Evidence, that had an insane amount of fruit in it. It it was literally like sludge at the bottom, yeah. like, third of the can was just literally puree. I don't like a beer like that. Um, I don't want to feel like I'm drinking an actual smoothie. I want to oh, feel like I'm drinking a beer. But there are people who are totally cool with that, and obviously enough people are buying them. Right. So it's very popular. So this this article was basically making that point that, like, it's a problem to have exploding cans, but there's no repercussion at the moment. Now, one of the other things that they bring up is the fact that the Federal Drug and Food Administration, the FDA, is the one that would regulate that, but it's not even on their radar. In fact... Oh, well, ahead. I was saying in, in the article, then it said it actually should be the alcohol, tobacco, Bigger, firearm. Exactly. I was well, like, what, what is that organization? Well, that ha- that has to do with they contacted the Federal Drug and F- the Food Administration and asked them about the exploding cans. They had no clue what they were talking about and then got back to them and said, I think you you would want to refer to the ATF. Right. So it seems like the FDA isn't even quite sure. And obviously, like I was saying, it's not on their radar at all. So I guess it's in the immediate. There's nothing to worry about. But there's conversation that's been going on within the craft beer community amongst brewers, amongst consumers of should we just do better? You know, like, does this look bad? Are we putting people in danger? Is this, is this bad business? Or is it okay? So that was kind of like the debate of it. Um, and one of the other things that came up is that there's there's a worry amongst brewers in particular that it w- it could get to a point where eventually the FDA does step in and starts to take a closer look and will issue, well, because what is in there within their power is to issue fines and, ish- and even take it as far as revoking licenses Mm. to, you know, make and sell beer. So they were basically saying that they're worried that this could bring the FDA looking and then they might just start getting way too involved with breweries and start, you know, like really heavily regulating. Right. It's one of those things where as long as you kind of handle your own stuff and you don't get out of line, no one's going to show up and start like micromanaging you. But when you have people who get out of line and are getting too rowdy and doing things that are considered wrong and causing a problem, then people step in and they're like, okay, okay, the fun's over. Now I see we have to start placing some extra rules on you now. Do you think enough people understand why they need to keep the beer cold? (sighs) You know, I don't know. Because the first time I heard that, I'm like, okay, keep it cold, but... What will happen if I don't? Right, right. Well, in, in in the article, they even said that there are some breweries that are being proactive and saying, right. you know, warning, even putting it on the cans. On the can. And saying, warning, you know, this can explode if you don't keep it at the proper temperature. Yeah, I think that, I think, is a good compromise. Because right. then 
people are getting the warning, it's on the label, and you understand as a consumer what you need to do to keep this product safe. Right. And they were saying that, you know, and some brewers were basically saying, look, we don't have any extra, we shouldn't have any extra um, responsibilities here. We brew the beer and we tell them how it should be stored. And that's on them then if they decide to purchase it, if we let them know. I think as long as there's open communication and the consumer knows what the responsibility is because oftentimes, I mean, I didn't know. Right. Well, and and that's one of the things is I think you're pointing out what I was definitely thinking, which is if they're being responsible in the standpoint of giving the information to the consumer and saying, look, we're making this beer, something bad can happen with it. It can explode. We're telling you, if you want to purchase this, you have, you have to keep it below a certain temperature or there's a potential problem. Mm -hmm. And it's not just from a safety standpoint. It's also from a, do you actually want to drink this beer? Do you just want to spend money on it and just waste that money? Um, my problem is with the breweries that aren't educating people uh, and just saying and just either not issuing any disclaimer or warning about it or just saying we recommend you keep it cold and then right. not explaining, explaining anything. It. Yeah, I think that's that's the key. Which that's Burley Oak from what I understand is that they're just selling the beers without telling people. I mean, I think they, they are – I think they are saying – that they rec- that you should keep it cold, but I don't think they're explaining things to people. Yeah, and I think that the I think onus is on you to give that explanation if it can explode. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of breweries, like Foursquare, has on their menu, please keep cold, please keep cold next to their Jamba beers. But they should also say, say why. why. Yeah. They should say why, and that's what I'm getting to. I, and I think they're probably not saying why. Because they think that if they say because it could explode... People aren't going to buy it. Correct. Yes. Or it would just raise more questions and people would be like, oh, well, they don't know what they're doing as brewers. Which is actually another debate that's gone on within the craft brewing community of, is it mainly people who aren't good brewers, who are just amateur hacks, who are making these types of beers? Yeah. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think what's mainly pushing it is profits. Because it sells well, people like it, there's a market for it, obviously. But at the same time, I've seen that people are starting to turn on Burley Oak uh, in in a social media, at least, that I see. I'm in a, a Maryland beer group, and there are a lot of people who are into, you know, quote-unquote, line life, who like going to these can releases. And there have been a lot of posts about how Burley Oak, their, their dreams in particular, which are their, you know, fruited sour beers, have been exploding a lot. Um, and you know, then you get people saying like, well, did you keep it cold? And there are people who have said they did and it still exploded. I don't know how that happens. I'm a little bit, you know, kind of eh about that because I, if you are actually keeping it cold, I don't think it should be happening, but you can still end up with a situation where it just gets over carbonated. Cause that's another thing people have been posting about is, it just gets insanely overcarbonated, and you just it it doesn't explode; it gushes, mm. and you don't have that much beer you can drink. It's mainly foam. I don't want a beer like that, right? Um, but yeah, but I have seen you know going back to my point, I've seen people starting to change their opinion about Burley Oak, and when people start posting about, "Hey, I had this can of beer explode on me," that's not good press, and that really does make people think. Mm, 
So that's where it would be good that you have the ability to kind of, well, basically cover yourself and say, hey, you know, we told people, not only did we tell them we recommend you keep this cold, but we told you why. Right. I definitely think you need to say why. Uh, That's just like telling someone anything but not saying why they should do it. People aren't going to get it. You know, like just saying we recommend you keep this cold. Recommend doesn't mean you you definitely should do this. Recommend means do you feel like doing this or not doing this? Well, and like I said, I didn't know for a long time the reason why. And I just thought, well, I don't mind my – I don't want – my beer doesn't have to stay cold. I can warm it up and put, put it back in the fridge and and it will be fine. Yeah. Um, so I see, I do see, you know, both sides of this, the one side, it's the profits. And like I said, if they're giving enough warning recommendations and warning, then the onus is on the consumer to a degree. And there was actually a, a good, um, comparison that one brewer drew in a quote on, in the article about how, you know, people buy raw meat and they, it's the onus is on them to keep that cold so that it doesn't go bad. So it is kind of a similar thing with beer yeah. potentially, but once again, that's where, you know, I think there needs to be enough education about it from the breweries putting those beers out because you can take the the meat thing for granted because people, it, it, that's a known thing within society. You need to keep meat cold. With the beer thing, it's not necessarily as known. Right. So it, it takes people who are big time beer geeks to really understand it, in my opinion. Um. The other thing I wanted to bring up, I thought this was really interesting from the article. Magnify Brewing in New Jersey actually did a test on oh, one yeah. of their heavily fruited beers to see if it would explode and how long that would take and at what temperature. And they figured out that this beer, at three to four days sitting at 85 to 90 degrees, it exploded. That's quick. Yeah, but that's also hot. Yeah. Well, but, you know, I know some people who keep their houses in the 80s. I'm not kidding. Really? It's not a lot of people, but I know a few people. So it's it can happen. You know, the other thing is there are people who have beer cellars, and you don't know how warm it gets there. It depends on airflow. It depends on where it is in your That's house. It's still very warm. True. Yeah, it is. And that goes back to me saying before when people are like, posting about exploded cans and they're like, I kept it cold the whole time. I don't know if I believe that necessarily. Yeah. Cause I don't see how that happens because if the yeast is within a certain temperature range, they aren't active. They're not eating. They're hibernating basically. So it's science, man. Like <laughs> unless it's lager yeast and then it's a little bit different. If they're using lager yeast in these fruited sours, that's a problem. Because they will eat at a much lower temperature, and then refrigerating might not matter as much. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's something to consider. But, you know. But I did think it was interesting about that study that Magnify Brewing did, because they then did brew that and can it and sell it. Mm-hmm. And then they released on Facebook a warning about that, and basically right. said, you know, the d- specifics of... Three to four days at 85 to 90 degrees will make this explode. Now, my problem is we had an issue with with a beer that I had actually given to my parents that was a leftover beer that we had from Springhouse Brewing in Pennsylvania. And it was their Martian's Kidnap Santa, which is a um, stout with eggnog. 
No warnings, nothing. It exploded. You made a big old mess. Didn't even say keep refrigerated, nothing. And those are the breweries that are the problem doing that. Now, with that situation, I don't. I, I think it may have been a situation where the brewer isn't fully in the know. Um, and that's a problem. You need to make sure you're, you know, hiring professionals to... I don't know if it's the same brewer now. This was two years ago, maybe? Yeah. Something like that. I'm just saying, at one point, that happened. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, but everything boils down to the big debate on this being who's responsibility is this is it on the consumer is it on the brewer should they be making the beer should they not i would be interested in hearing what other people have to say but i mean i i do feel conflicted one i don't like those types of beers uh that are like super puree like do i do i like ones that are a little more restrained but could potentially explode yes but I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't really feel like it's worth it. You can get the flavor of fruit in a beer without having the actual puree unfiltered in there with the yeast. So, yeah. I think I'd if I ran a brewery, I'd be rather be safe than sorry. And I would not feel good about having exploding cans out there because it could injure somebody. Yeah. And at the least, it's it's can be a giant mess for people to have to clean up. And I would personally feel bad about that. So do I think that the breweries that are putting these out without warnings are bad people? Yes. Yes, I do. I think they suck as humans. I think they don't have much of a conscience. Uh, it's all about the money for them. But do I understand the people who are putting these beers out and giving the warnings and saying you should keep it cold because of? Yes, I think those people are taking a risk but being responsible about it. Yeah. And that's okay. I think that's the happy medium. I think that's the take yeah. message is yeah. brew the beer because people like it but give the warning. Yeah. So if anyone hears this and they're working at a brewery that is making these types of beers that can referment and they're not putting out the information, shame on you. You should know better. You definitely should know better. So anyway, do you have anything else to say about no, that? I think that kind of wraps it up. Oh, okay. So I'm going to have to like refocus because I don't remember how we do this. Like, how do we do this anymore? <laughs> the, the mystery beers. Yeah. Which, I, which one are we starting with? Uh, the, this one, this one, the one on your left. Yeah. Okay. So what does it look like? Yellow. I'll let you lead all of this. Cause obviously I know what it is. You don't. So go ahead. Well, it looks yellow to me. Yeah, definitely. I would say that, um, slightly hazy, but you know, pretty clear, pretty clear. looking, pretty clear yeah. looking. Oh yeah. It's there's also like haze little, from the glass. Yeah. There's a little bit of cold, like chill haze as people call it. The smell. It's pretty light. There's a, yeah, there's a definite, like, one definite aroma note that I get, but... I'm getting hay. Yeah, it's very hay-forward. That, like, alfalfa-y nose. A little bit of lemon. Okay, yeah, I can see it. To me, it's presenting kind of, like, lemon zest-ish because of the bitterness in there. That's about it. That's all I'm getting. I think it smells clean. It smells refreshing. It smells light. Yeah. You said light. So, yeah. It's not a heavy nose at all. Yeah. It's, um, it smells easy and, mm-hmm. and light. Sounds, sounds good. All right. I'm interested to go in. Whoa. Clean. Oh, it's good. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's, um, 
your thoughts on the taste. I'll let you take the lead. Oh, um, it's definitely crisp. It's definitely clean. You definitely get the hay. You get the lemon. Um, a little hoppy characteristic. Yeah, there is kind of like a quick hop hit to it. This is, this is, in my opinion, one of those, like, really light, sessionable, easy beers that's mm-hmm. crisp and refreshing, but also has nice flavor yeah, to it. Yeah, it's really good. I really like it. Mmm. This is definitely, like, my style. Yeah. And the hay note's not too much. I feel like the hay that's on the nose is significantly less in the flavor in comparison. Yes, agreed. Which I'm, I'm good with. I like that. There's... There's almost a little bit of something that's kind of coming off like a tad bit of a corn characteristic. Okay, I can see that. For me, but yeah. It has a little naked Cheerio finish. Sure, yeah. Not a lot, but a little. I could just, like, this beer can go down so fast for me. Yeah. Like, I could just... Slam it. This is one of those ones we talk about where, like, you could pay attention to it if you want to, but you could also ignore it and go through it. Like, your, your choice. Very versatile... I like it. It's a good beer. Yeah, it is. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Can we rate it now? No, you hold off. So that was we, beer A. You taste, taste both of them and then yeah, rate them. Okay. Yeah. It has been a while. <laughs> it's been a real while. Yeah. So let's go on to beer B. Okay. This one's definitely hazier. Yeah. I can't see through it at all. Yellow, a little hint of orange. Yeah. I agree with that. Pretty yellow, little orange. Yeah. It smells... I'm not going to tell you specific scents, but I I will say it smells really good. Mm -hmm. I love that smell. That nose is awesome. It's like very tangerine. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Pineapple. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like fruit salad. Yeah. Like the most pleasing nostril fruit salad. Oh. It's not overly, it's not too sugary sweet though. Like some noses like this I think can be overly sugary, but it, yeah. this is not overly sugary. There is a sweetness on the nose. Yeah. But yeah, it's not like coming off as sickly sweet or anything like that. It seems appropriate for what else is going on. You gonna add anything else? There's a little bit of a bitterness at the end, but it's pretty low. In general. Yeah, it's just very, very fruit-driven, in my opinion. And I think you nailed it with, like, the tangerine, the pineapple. It smells really good. Really good. Now you taste it. That's good. Um, mm. It's like um, a quick hit of the fruit, and then it kind of falls flat rather quickly. Mm-hmm. I wish the flavor would stick around a little bit because it is a really good flavor. Um, and then there's, you know, a mild, I think it's a mild bitterness. Yeah, I agree. It, it finishes a little bit yeasty. Yeah. Um, not too much though. Right. Uh, there are beers like this that I've had that, that yeasty finish is like insane. And then it gets like a little medicinal. Right. This does not go no. there, but no, it is, it is a yeasty type finish. Um, but I agree with you that it has a really awesome, like burst of flavor up front with kind of all those notes we were smelling of, like, the tangerine and the pineapple. And then it does go away kind of quickly. Yeah. So you really wish that that, like, initial flavor would just hang on and just, like, Yeah, just a little bit longer. Yeah. Still a good beer, though. Yeah, it is still good. And I think this is another one that's relatively easy that you could just kind of... You want to pay attention? Good. Go ahead. You don't want to really pay attention and just slam it? Yeah, sure. 
Because it does have a bit of a refreshing quality to it as well, I think. Uh, I guess. I don't know. Not, not nearly as much as the first one. Oh, no. Not nearly as much as the first one. But, you know, the first one is way less hoppy, yeah. obviously. Like we talk about, there is a little bit of a hop character there. But the second one, it's much more of that. Okay. But pretty amazing nose on B, mm-hmm. I think. All right. So your thoughts on the ratings for these? I'm going to give... I need to remember what my scale is. <laughs> like, it's been a while. So I need we, to we, we do things differently. Yeah, we know we do. Um, I'm going to give beer A a 7. Oh, okay. And beer B a 6. Okay, those are good. And I guess, actually, I could adjust the scale now if I really wanted to. I don't think I will, though, but... Okay, so based on it, uh, okay, beer B. I, I, I do like a regular scale. Like five is an average beer, and above five is good. Yeah, I know you do. That's what I do. Just okay. to clarify, listeners. I'm going to stick with my original scale because I do remember how it goes. Br- so, battle. So based on that, I'm going to give beer B a four. Okay. And beer A, I really like that. That beer is really good. Um, I really, I'm gonna go six. Wow. I like that a lot. Like that's, it hits so much in my opinion. I like that so much. So, um, so obviously A is the winner of this episode with six and a half average, 6.5, which is really good for this podcast. And beer B actually also did really good for this podcast at five average. So, um, Yeah. So, one of these breweries we've had beer from before, and one of these we have not. Okay. So, one of them's brand spanking new, and one of them, well, brand spanking new to us. And the other okay. one is is old hat to us, because we've had some of the beers. So, we'll do B first, with an average of five, and if you want to reveal it, in a 12-ounce can. It's called Hero IPA. Hazy Hero. Hazy Hero. Hazy IPA. It's 7.3%. It is by Revolution Brewing. Out of Illinois. Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, we've talked about Revolution on the on the show before. I think we've had some Revolution on the show before. Uh, I've liked a lot of their beers. So, obviously, this is a Hazy IPA. I think for a Hazy IPA, it's, it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know me and Hazy IPAs. I'm not a big fan. So, the fact that I like this beer... Says yeah. a lot about a hazy IPA. So Revolution doing it right, I think. Ooh. And that's in a six pack. So we have five more of those. Oh, that came in a six pack. Yeah. Um, I couldn't buy individual cans except for one of the. Ooh, okay. So one of the beers that I got, I got an individual can of because I could. Another one of the beers came in two pack cans, which is the what? Fir- the first I've ever seen. It was really weird. But, okay. yeah, I was like, okay. And this then would be from the brewery we've never had anything from. And this brewery was highly, highly, highly recommended by friend of the show, Matt Harvey. And Rebecca with the okay. six and a half. It is, is the winner. It's a Kolsch. Yes, it is a Kolsch. Kolsch style ale dovetail brewery. brewery. And it's 4.6%. Dovetail, all one word. I believe they're also out of Chicago. Yes, also out of Chicago. Um, 
So Matt had been telling me about Dovetail, and he was like, the next time you order from Beer Temple, you have got to get some Dovetail. They focus mainly on German-style brewing, specifically lagers. Now, I know that a Kolsch is not technically a lager. It is an ale that's fermented that way, and then it's finished as a lager, basically, in colder temps. Um, so, I mean, in my mind, it, it, it is kind of lager-esque, even though it's not technically a lager. But, um, yeah, it's kind of in that realm. Um, but this, pretty awesome, huh? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So this is the beer that I told you when I was ordering I accidentally got two four-packs of. Oh, we have two four-packs. Yes. And um, Matt, I told Matt that, and he was like, oh, well, that's not going to be a problem. You won't be disappointed with that. Yeah. I was like, okay, good, awesome. And now that I'm having it, yeah, I'm super glad I accidentally yeah. got two four-packs of it. Uh, they also had available, like, a Pilsner, a Vienna lager, a straight-up lager. I think, like, one other thing. I can't remember what it was, but... It's tasty. Yeah. So, I was thinking maybe in the future, because I wanted to do this as, like, the trial run on them. I was thinking maybe in the future, if we order from Beer Temple, well, when we order from Beer Temple again, maybe getting enough to do a showcase on Dovetail. Mm, sure. Mm. That Kolsch is amazingly tasty. Yeah, it's very good. Matt actually said that this is the best Kolsch he's ever had. Oh, really? Yes. Those are some strong words. I'm having... I'm think, I'm trying to think of other Kolsch's I've had that I thought were amazing, and I think the only other one that comes to mind as being amazing at this level it was the kickflip that we had from Bissell mm, Brothers. That, that one was really awesome. Good. Yeah. So, okay, cool. Well, this is fun. This has been fun. And... We have two more episodes coming of Mystery Beers. Yeah. So I'm excited. Rebecca, you should be even more excited because you don't know what these beers are. I don't are. know. It'll be and, a big uh, surprise for me. Yeah. Well, we'll see for the next time. Uh, thanks, everyone, for checking this out. And until next time. Keep it brutal. Keep it brutal.